0: Welcome to this week's podcast from the Equipping Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Jacob well.
1: Jesus, we lift up your name. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, just stay on him for a moment. Come on. Just stay. Keep your affections on him. Come on. Keep your affections on him. Keep your affections on him. Hallelujah. Lord we lift up your name. We lift up your name. Hallelujah. hallelujah, 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 Hallelujah to the Lord. Hallelujah to the Lamb upon the throne. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. 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 Worthy. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Hallelujah. Lord, we worship you. Hallelujah. You're worthy. <laughs> Hallelujah. You are worthy. Hallelujah. You are worthy. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we exalt You in this place. You're worthy of our praise. You are so worthy. We're thankful that You are the Lamb upon the throne. That You are God. And You are God all by Yourself. Beside You there is no other. You're the first, the last, the beginning, the end, the author, the finisher. You are Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Wonderful Counselor. You are everlasting, Father. You are mighty God. And there is no one like You. We thank You, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, lift up Your voice. Come on, just lift up Your voice. Come on. Come on, lift up Your voice. Oh, Baba Baba. Hallelujah. 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 You are mighty God. You are wonderful counselor. You are prince of peace. You are Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. You are Jehovah Jireh. The God who makes provision. You are everlasting, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you. Oh, we lift you up. Hallelujah. Glory. robosa carabashile baraman de rebosa. Oh, Shiriando Robobo Sakaya, Iriaraba Suria Dalamande Kiarabada Bashke, Oh, roboshele Bacande de Brosso, Mighty God, Mighty God, Oh, Jesus, Iriando Robo Sandakaya. Hara bekiara ba sundoro boše. Nidiana I believe there's someone here with tongues and interpretation this morning. If that's you, let it go. Let it out, Vicky. It's on you. Oh and I believe you have the interpretation. Release it. nothing for i am the lord and beside me there is no other and the lord says i'm about to release a major shift around your lives and it's going to begin with prodigals coming home says the lord i'm bringing family restoration in this hour like never before says the lord And I'm going to cause those who have been far from me to come close yet again. And I'm going to begin to draw them with my hand. And I'm going to begin to release miracles in your family says the Lord. And I'm going to begin to restore that which was lost says the Lord. And I'm going to begin to restore fathers to sons and sons to fathers and mothers to daughters and daughters to mothers and brothers to sisters and sisters to brothers. And I'm going to begin to restore family units yet again, says the Lord. That which was lost and broken, I'm going to restore and build back together, says the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 We thank you, mighty God. We thank You, mighty God. Hear the Lord say that I'm going to cause the fear of the Lord to return to my house. I'm going to cause the fear of the Lord to return to my house. And I'm going to leave my people in awe of my glory, says the Lord. I'm going to leave my people in awe of my glory, says the Lord. I'm going to leave my people in awe... Of my glory, says the Lord, for I am the Lord in the midst of the fire. And I'm going to cause the fear of my presence to return. And I'm going to cause a holiness to rest on my church says the Lord. I'm going to cause the fire to fall yet again. I'm going to cause the fires of revival to burn yet again. I'm going to cause the fires of holiness to burn yet again. And I'm going to cause the fear of my presence to return to my house. There will no be. There will no longer be a slacking off in my presence but I'm going to cause a people without spot or blemish to rise in this hour as an army of my presence to go forth and defeat the strongholds that have held you back I'm going to cause my people to rise in power like never before because they'll fear my presence yet again they will be holy yet again I'm going to begin to move because judgment begins in my house says the Lord and I'm causing a cleansing to come across my church. I'm causing a holiness to purify my church, says the Lord. My hand shall not be shortened in this hour, but my hand shall move, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Who will agree with God? Who will agree with God? Who will agree with God? If you agree with him this morning, why don't you shout? Why don't you praise him? Why don't you lift up your voice? Come on, lift up your voice. Come on, lift up your voice. Come on, lift up your voice. voice. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, we lift up your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to the Lamb of God. Glory, 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 glory. 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 I believe more than ever before that God is looking for a holy bride. He's looking for a holy bride. Not a bride that's caught up with other lovers, but a bride whose eyes are fixed on their bridegroom. Let us fix our eyes on Him in this hour. Hallelujah. 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 Why don't you be seated this morning in the presence of Almighty God? You know, I believe one of the reasons that so many prophets missed it is because holiness had left the church. And I believe that we are returning to a holy place. I believe God is purifying His bride. I believe that this is an hour. So many are crying out for revival. So many are crying out for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But God cannot fill dirty vessels. He is looking for vessels that are pure and clean before Him. And that will spark a great outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor Anna, why don't you come? Could you believe this woman gave birth three weeks ago? Look at her. That's my wife. Hallelujah. We're gonna dedicate Everett Josiah to the Lord this morning. We we did at his birth. He's already been dedicated privately, but we want to present him to the church and dedicate him publicly before the body of Christ. This little guy, eight pounds, seven ounces at birth. 19 inches long, healthy, but it wasn't what we expected. The birth plan was thrown out the window. And so Pastor Anna is going to share a little bit this morning, and then we're going to pray for Everett.
0: Uh, Well, many of you know the backstory on this. Um, But after we had given birth to Evelyn, uh, we had spent about 10 days in the NICU. And on the day we got home, Jacob has a dream, and in the dream, he's holding a little chunky boy named Everett Josiah. And um, the next day, I went to the ER with some really weird symptoms that were happening in my lungs. And um, after that, it was the fight of my life for the next six weeks. And, uh, we knew when the Lord named him Everett Josiah, which means of brave heart, the Lord has healed that I was going to have to be brave and the Lord would be, would heal. And so we fought a, you know, the fight of my life, uh, in 2019. And we thought that that was the fight that we were going to battle. And that was, you know, it, and uh, it would be really for Everett, Josiah's destiny, because if I didn't make it, then Everett wasn't coming. So um, when we went in for a delivery, you know, we, you know, quoting his name, at brave heart, the Lord is healed, because now I'm waiting for the full manifestation of healing. I'm not on my deathbed anymore, but I'm waiting for that full manifestation where I'm fully free, free of sickness completely. And... um so in the delivery room we're you know we're getting ready to deliver and the doctor comes in and says uh, we're going to have to do an emergency c-section because your baby is breached and the doctors had always told uh, jacob and i from the beginning when we went to the specialist with eden that if i had delivered a cesarean that it would be at my life, you know, cardiac arrest, uh, fluid rushing my lungs, and, um, you know, the whole gamut of things that they said could happen because of cesarean. And because um, I already have fluid in my lungs. So since I was born, I've had a, a baseline of fluid, which is a very thick gel-like fluid at the base of my lungs, and um, which is obviously dangerous. You don't want anything in your lungs, much less a gel. so (laughs) so um but the in 2019 my my lungs filled with which is fluid from being pregnant and so this was the scare with cesarean because that's what happens during a cesarean is the the you know fluid rushes up the lungs so jacob and i said please give us a minute so we can process and pray and we looked at you know jacob looked at me and he says of brave heart the lord has healed and i and you know upon jacob saying that i'm having a memory of my um of jacob's first dream of me being healed and the lord extended his hands from heaven and he um he took he cut me from hip to hip and then he took his hands and he Took out all this goop out of my belly, and then he caused the fluid that was in my legs to come out, and so, you know, cesarean they cut you from hip to hip, and I and I was on an operating table in the dream, and so Jacob's had this dream twice in a vision of this, so three times the Lord has shown us this, and so then we, you want to take him real quick, um, so then we knew at that moment we were like we have to have a brave heart because the Lord's going to heal. And so when the doctor came back in, we said, we'll do the cesarean. Like we had the most peace about that. And because Jacob and I had both felt in pregnancy that um, the the enemy's assignment against him was to give him a birth defect or like a, a mental, um, what, what what's the word? Like a handicap. And so we knew if we tried to deliver normally, that would be where the handicap came from. So the Lord had already shown us this. How many of you know the Lord prepares you for your for your battle ahead? So um so we knew that it was going to be we were going to have to have a brave heart and the Lord would heal me. And so all through this cesarean, you know, I'm quoting all the scriptures and I'm remembering all the promises God's given me for healing and all the promises he's given me in his word. And we made it through. And this is a victorious victory because this is the beginning of Of victory, not just for me, but for the church. Because when I think of healing for myself and my own breakthrough, it's not just for me. It's for a floodgate of victory and breakthrough to happen for the church. Because how many of you know when one miracle happens, it's the dams broke open. Your miracle manifests and your miracle manifests other miracles in other people's lives. So like never before, I am pressing in for healing. And I'm thinking about each of you, those of you fighting for cancer, those of you who are fighting for your victory, fighting for your miracle, fighting for your breakthrough. Those are my prayers when I think about what I'm fighting for too. So we're going to fight a good fight together because, and we're going to have a brave heart in our battle and the Lord's going to bring forth victory and healing for those who need healing and breakthrough for those who need breakthrough. Amen.
1: man, well here he is Q Lion King music So of Brave Heart the Lord has healed. Amen. So we're going to dedicate Braveheart today. Father, we thank you for Everett Josiah and we've already dedicated to him to you privately but father we today present him before the body of Christ and we say as his parents that we will raise him in the admonition of the Lord that we will train him up in the way that he should go that when he is old he will not depart from it we thank you that children are a blessing and a heritage from the Lord and blessed is the man whose quiver is full and so we thank you for this arrow today that we might send him into the nations to proclaim your goodness Father, we thank You for His life. We thank You that, brave heart, You have healed, Lord. We thank You, Father, for what He represents as a miracle in Your hands, God. And so we dedicate Him to You today, to Your service. And Father, we thank You that the body of Christ will stand around Him to keep Him on the narrow way. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. a service photo up hallelujah now can i be real transparent this morning when they came in and said it's time for a cesarean my faith jumped out of the hospital i'm I, I couldn't find it i mean i started i i started shaking i started crying i start i could not hold it together and my father-in-law was at the hospital and if you've met my father-in-law, God bless him. He is not typically the most calm with advice. And I'm thinking, God, what do we do? Every doctor has said Anna will die if she has a cesarean. That is what will happen. The fluid will rush her heart. She'll go into cardiac arrest and she will die. And so I knew he was going to be okay. And, and I love my son, but I'm gonna, I can't live without my wife. I barely parent well with a wife. I cannot be a single dad. That is not going to work for the sake of my children, God. Wow. And so he came in and he said, I feel a lot of peace about the cesarean. And for me, that was a word from the Lord. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And Anna said, you were so stoic in there. I said, it took everything in me to keep it together. I just looked at Anna's face. And then our friend Terry Inman, who's a NICU nurse, got to be in the room during the operation. And so if I wasn't looking at Anna's eyes, I was looking at Terry. Is the baby okay? Is everything okay? And I'm suited up in a hazmat suit and mask. And, and she just said, it's, it's okay. Watch your wife. Look at your wife. It's going to be okay. And it was. And God is good. Amen. We're starting a new series this morning, Power for Purpose. Power for Purpose. Turning your Bible to Ezekiel chapter 47. Ezekiel chapter 47. Very familiar passage of Scripture. A lot of people have preached out of this passage, uh, but I want to look at it from maybe a little bit of a different perspective this morning. As we talk about in our series, Power for Purpose, here's the subtitle Bringing Reformation bringing reformation. Ezekiel 47, verse 1. Then he brought me back to the door of the house, and behold, water was flowing from under the threshold of the house toward the east. For the house faced the east, and the water was flowing down from under, from the right side of the house, from south of the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate, and led me around on the outside to the outer gate, by way of the gate that faces east. And behold... Water was trickling from the south side. When the man went out toward the east with a line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits, and he led me through the water, water reaching the ankles. Say ankles. Again, he measured 1,000, and led me through the water, water reaching the knees. Say knees. Again, he measured 1,000, and led me through the water, water reaching the loins. You don't have to say that one. Again, he measured 1,000, And it was a river that I could not ford, for the water had risen, enough water to swim in a river that could not be forded. He said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me back to the bank of the river. Now when I had returned, behold, on the bank of the river there were very many trees on the one side and on the other. Then he said to me, These waters go out toward the eastern region and go down into Arabah. Then they go toward the sea, being made to flow into the sea, and the waters of the sea become fresh. It will come about that every living creature which swarms in every place where the river goes will live. And there will be many fish for these waters go there and the others become fresh. So everything will live where the river goes. Say where the river goes. And it will come about that fishermen will stand beside it. From Engedi to Inglaim, there will be a place for the spreading of nets. Their fish will be according to their kinds, like the fish of the great sea, very many. But its swamps and marshes will not become fresh, they will be left for salt. By the river on its banks, on one side and on the other, will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither, and their fruit will not fail. They will bear every month, because their water flows from the sanctuary, and their fruit will be food, and their leaves will For healing. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We do thank you that it's alive. It's active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. And I thank you this morning for the the anointing that makes preaching easy. That, Father, I might speak your word in such a way that hearers will hear your voice. That, Father, when I pull my hands back, it would be your handprint that's left. And it would be evidence that you've been in this place. Father, thank you this morning that you're in the room. We thank you for your presence and your power in Jesus' name. Amen. So the context of this scripture starts back in chapter 40. It's a vision about the last day's church. It's a picture of the church and equally it's a picture of our own lives as we are called the temple of the Holy Spirit. And this picture of water flowing from the temple gathering, increasing depth until verse 5, where it actually, we can call it a discernible river. When it's just trickling from the door, we can't call that a river. It's just water that's trickling. But it gets to the point where it, it really does become a powerful river. And having seen the growth of the flow of water into a river, the, Ezekiel is then taken back to see the impact of the river. He sees the river flowing into the Dead Sea, and what happens to the Dead Sea? It becomes fresh. Life goes where dead things are. He sees the river bringing life to every place that it touches. He sees extraordinary fishing happening. Those of you who are fishermen or or fisherwoman, I I, I don't fish. It's not in my repertoire. I, I don't enjoy it. I think it's boring, and I've never caught anything. I I could avoid it. But here in this picture, there are so many fish. It says it's a place where the nets can be drawn wide because the catch is so great. He sees extraordinary fishing. The river impacts the trees. It touches every month, producing fruit. The leaves never dying. The fruit never failing to produce. The leaves bringing healing. It is a picture of the river of God. The Holy Spirit seeking to bring healing and deliverance to everything it touches, transforming lives and transforming society. It's the same river that Jesus spoke of in John 7, 38. He says this, He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. I want to say to you this morning, the river was never meant to be for ourselves. The river, yes, it creates great meetings. How many of you love the river of God? They used to call them river meetings. Have any of you ever been to a river meeting where where there was just an outpouring of the Holy Spirit? People were drunk in the Holy Ghost, rolling on the floor. That's where the term holy rollers came from. River meetings where, where God's power was flowing. And, and yes, the river, it ensures that our praise and worship impacts the human soul. How many of you ever been in dead worship where there was no river? How many of you ever been in worship where the river was there? Yes, it helps our preaching become more effective. I, I couldn't preach without the river of God on the inside of me. But here's the deal. The river was never meant to be just for ourselves. The river seeks to be a transforming power to whatever it touches and wherever it goes. It is a river that finds its expression in our lives flowing in us and through us. And if we don't allow the river to do this, the vision of Ezekiel 47 can never be fulfilled. And so I want to talk in this first message on this series about Power for Purpose, about the three areas that God is seeking to bring reformation. The three areas that the river is seeking to touch this morning. And the first is personal reformation. God wants to reform you from the inside out. When I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, everything changed. When I received that endowment of power, listen, I think we have downgraded the baptism of the Holy Spirit to speaking in tongues. I think we've made it all about speaking in tongues and not about the power that comes from the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says in Acts 1.8, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He didn't say you shall receive a prayer language. Now listen, I love my prayer language. I love praying in tongues. I love speaking in tongues. I love that aspect of my journey with the Holy Spirit. But if I stop at just speaking in tongues, then I've not fulfilled what the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit was for. The baptism of the Holy Spirit was to bring power because there was power for purpose. He said, you shall receive power to be my witnesses here, there, and everywhere. Joel 2.28 says this, It will come about after this that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. The first thing that it establishes here is vision and purpose. The sense of the call of God. Each and every one of you have a call from God. Now the demonstration of that for each individual is going to be totally different. My call is not your call. Your call is not my call. We have to distinguish that each one of us have an individual call from God. Now that doesn't mean that we're all called to full-time vocational ministry. Most of you wouldn't want that. Hallelujah. But everyone is a minister of the gospel. Everyone has a call. Everyone has a purpose to fulfill. And so we have to start asking questions like, why was I created? Why did God save me? He could have saved anyone else, but why did he save me? For what purpose was I saved? For what purpose was I redeemed from my past? What purpose? Even just yesterday, it was was kind of funny. Uh, A few months ago, the Lord impressed on us that I needed to throw away this collection of Pokemon cards that I had. They had been plaguing Kai with nightmares and demonic encounters. So I took about 2,000 of these cards that I had saved since I was like eight years old and I chucked them in the trash, just threw them away. So in my classroom the other day, I'm cleaning out my desk as I'm preparing to end my, my season of teaching. This is my last semester and I find five Pokemon cards. They were my best cards. They were the cards that were holographs and I kept in sleeves. And I said to the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do with these? He said, sell them. I said, I can sell these? He said, yeah. So I put them on Facebook on Marketplace. Sold them yesterday. I'll five them for $750. Now, I'll admit I had a moment where I was like, God, I could have sold those other ones because <laughs> uh, there were some really good ones in that box too. Even if I sold them for a dollar apiece, piece, God. And so then I had to repent, obviously. But here's the thing. When we have a call from God, every encounter we have with people serves a purpose. Right? So this guy drives from Houston to pick up the cards. And so we met and we started talking. And he started asking me what I do. And, and he says, so you're a teacher, but you're also a pastor? I said, yes. And I said, and I also have five kids. He goes, you're busy. I said, Yeah. He said, what drives you? It it must be your faith. I said, yeah, it's my faith. He said, I've had moments in my life where I've had faith. We had this conversation, got to pray with him, lead him into an encounter with Jesus. Not because I'm a pastor. Had nothing to do with me being a pastor. Had everything to do with me being a witness. Because I've been through something to testify of what God's brought me to. The river was flowing out of me. And that should be true for every person's life who follows jesus is that john 7:38 out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water it really had not praise god for the 750 dollars that's that's a great blessing but it had nothing to do about the money it had everything to do with god had reserved those so i could meet this guy so i could share with him the gospel so he could have an encounter with jesus because out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water See, we were created to do great things for God. He empowered us with the Holy Spirit to do just that. And when we are not moving toward that end, we become the Dead Sea. We become stagnant in our faith. We we become stagnant in anointing and we lose blessing. See, in Joel 2.28, it says, I will pour out my spirit on all mankind and your sons and daughters will prophesy. You are called to prophesy. Not just Prophets. What does prophecy mean in this context? To declare the revelation of God. Your sons and daughters will declare the revelation of God over your work, over the lives of family, over the lives of people you work with, your friends and others. Not a thus saith the Lord, but rather allowing the river to flow so out of your life that your words and your expressions are a blessing to other. That out of your mouth comes the prophetic utterance of God to draw someone into an encounter with the Lord Jesus. Whatever season you're in, whatever you're doing, whatever desert place you're in, there is a river on the inside of you that is seeking to get out and when the river comes out it doesn't matter what desert you're in an oasis is created in your desert place so many people say well it's just been so long since I felt the presence of God he lives on the inside of you you don't have to come to church to experience the presence of God if this is the only place you're experiencing the presence of God there's something out of balance You should be experiencing the presence of God on a daily basis in your own life, in your own worship, in your own prayer time, in your own Bible reading, because you are a walking encounter with God. Then he says, your old men will dream dreams, dreaming of what can and will happen, holding on to the dream by faith. Why old men? This doesn't have to do with age. This has everything to do with those who have had years to develop a strength of faith. This is speaking of those who have been through it, who have developed a strength of faith and experiential knowledge of the ways and faithfulness of God that you come to a place where you know that you know with God all things are possible. It's no longer just a great quote. I think we have lessened the value of it because we say it so much. Well, with God, all things are possible. Do we really believe that? Do we really believe that with God, all things are possible? Because if we did, the impossible situations would start changing. We would begin to prophesy over our situations. We would begin to speak to those things that are not as though they were. It's not just a nice thing to say, but it's because of the years of personal miracles that you've experienced, that you know it to be true, and now you can dream with God. Old men shall dream dreams. You're called to visions. Young men will see visions. When we're called to visions, we are seeing what can be seen, though a little way off. I have to choose to live my life as though the miracle, I can see the miracle. It might be a little way off. I might not be there yet. The miracle may not be in my hands yet, but I can see it. And if you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible if you can call those things which are not as though they are, if you can begin to speak to your situation and you begin to release the river of God over the situation, you can begin to see transformation in your life. God seeks to bring personal transformation. So for young people, what does this mean? When it says young people, your your young men shall see visions. See, seeing visions is about beginning on the walk of faith to eventually come to a place of being able to dream. You have to have a vision to be able to dream. You have to be able to see it before you can dream it. You have to begin to let the Word of God transform your mind so that you get the mind of Christ so that when you think, you think the way that God does. With God, all things are possible. See, the personal reformation goes way beyond that because once you've received the river of God you have access to the voice of God the flow of revelation is now realized and it empowers you to change what once was a struggle now is no longer a struggle I remember years ago I had this this encounter with the Lord and I was running alongside a river and as I'm running alongside the river the Lord is saying to me jump in the river and I looked down the riverbank and down there it looked like it was easier to get in and so I ran to that place and all of a sudden there was a cliff. But when I went to go back to where it was easy back there, there were trees and I couldn't get back to where I'd come from. Now there was a cliff, but up ahead of me, there was another place where I could just walk in. And so I ran and as I'm running, these trees are falling in behind me and the cliff is getting steeper and steeper and steeper till I finally came to a place where there was no turning back. I either had to jump or just stay there. But I could barely see the river. The river was so far away, I could barely see a little thin blue line. I thought, God, I can't jump from here. This will kill me. And he said, do you trust me? No. (laughs) Can we be real? He said, jump. I said, God, this feels sadistic. He said, jump. And the moment I jumped, I was in the river the moment i jumped i was in the river he took me from there to there in an instant because when we let go and get in the river of god he meets us there now this river was overpowering i couldn't control the stream of the river i couldn't control where i was going to go i had to just trust just had to let go not only did i had to leap out of my own insecurity but once i was there i had to let go of control And that's what the river of God is, is that it takes us into a Galatians 5.16 moment. It says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. When we walk by the spirit, it looks like jumping from places that are outside of our comfort zone. It's power to overcome given via the river. How does this operate? Well, here's what speaking in tongues does do. It does bring personal re- reformation because I often don't know what to pray in English. My, my own insecurities, my own pain, my own offenses, my own bitterness, my own anger often gets in the way of my English. But when I... And I begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. And I begin to let go of my own words. And I begin to let the river of God. John 7:38, Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. All of a sudden I begin to step into a flow of the Holy Ghost. And I begin to pray as the Spirit of God makes intercession from the inside of me. And I begin to deal with my insecurities. I begin to deal with those things that are holding me back. And all of a sudden, I'm starting to walk in a power encounter with God. And all of a sudden, what felt so impossible before, I now have strength. Oh, And then English starts to come. Robo Father, I thank you that everything is possible in your name. Father, I thank you that you begin to transform. And all of a sudden, I have words to speak. Because the Spirit of God is giving me utterance. And I begin to have transformation from the inside. I begin to experience reformation because God is touching me from the inside. And I'm beginning to have a reality in prayer, a revelation in the Word, a reality in my worship. Because often, as I've begun to speak in tongues, because I'm getting out of myself and I'm getting into the Spirit, all of a sudden, worship begins to rise out of me. My song right now is, Lord, prepare me. To be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried right and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. That's where we're at, is that we are that living sanctuary that the river of God wants to get out of. We've held on to the river for too long. We've let it just trickle out the door. Little river here, little river there. Maybe I'll say, oh, I'm praying for you. But see, what drives us, our basic human drives, our fear, our insecurity, seeking to establish identity, but the river brings us into confidence where God's ability can superimpose over our ability and bring security where we would have insecurity. The power of Christ within us, the hope of glory. This is the mystery. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The river of God. And so then what begins to happen is we, as individuals, begin to have personal reformation. The second thing happens, church reformation. See, every organization has a history, a cycle to it. We can look at every denomination. The church has been no exception over the centuries. Once birthed out of faith, venture, risk, those disciples in that upper room, go hang out and wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon. That was great risk. Well, what are we waiting for? I don't know. When's it going to come? I don't know. But when it comes, you shall receive power. Birthed out of venture and risk, the pioneers laid their lives down for the sake of the gospel. You know, we often refer to to Thomas as Doubting Thomas. You know, when I heard the story of what happened to Thomas in India, I never called him Doubting Thomas again. You know, when he went to India, he was laying his life down. He was the only disciple who left that region. To go far, far away. And he goes to India. And when he gets there, one of the, the, the priests of, I, I believe they were Hindu, uh, another religion, I can't remember which one it is. The, the details are fuzzy. COVID brain. Um, one of the priests says, I'll believe you if you can suspend this water and air. He says, I don't need to do that because I have a greater demonstration of power. He says, bring your sick. Brought the sick, they were healed. And the Hindu priest said, now nah, we've already seen that. Suspend this water in air. Thomas is going, God, this is witchcraft. Well, this whole encounter ensues, and, and I don't quite remember exactly how it happened, but the water was suspended in air. And the whole village got saved. Because it was a demonstration of power. He wasn't doubting Thomas. He was Thomas who firmly believed and saw the gospel reach India. See, in those earlier times... There was great excitement and expectancy. And unfortunately, what often happens is order and structure comes in. Now, listen, that's necessary to contain growth and to to organize is good. And it's okay if the pioneers are still at the helm of the organization. But what happens often, and this is what happens in the cycles of the church, is that the river starts to break out. And then we go, wait a second, I feel uncomfortable. Let's hone it in you know what, let's just build a dam. We'll we'll just have a nice lake. You know, lakes are good for fishing. You know, lakes are comfortable. We'll just build a dam. And safety means risk goes, adventure stifled, expectancy wanes. And every revival in history has gone through this. And every revival as we study revival never lasts beyond the second generation. Why? Because we want to build a dam. Because A denomination is formed. Structure is entrenched. Church meetings are made comfortable and say, well, we want unbelievers to feel comfortable in our midst. I don't read anywhere in the New Testament where they were like, are they going to be okay if we speak in tongues? Maybe we need to hold back a little bit on the Holy Ghost. Let's No! Paul said, I didn't come with eloquent speech to make you comfortable. I came with demonstrations of power. It's time for the river of God to break out. And listen, it's not just my responsibility. It's your responsibility. The charge is to the believer, not to the pastor. All of us are believers, at least we should be. But we can test if we, believe, if we are believers based on the amount of river that comes out of us. So the church moves into good works instead of miracles. Miracles which is good, but when done without the lacing of revival and the flow flow of the river, those good works are simply like any club. What distinguishes the church from the Kiwanis or the Rotary or from the service clubs? The power of God. Good works are great. We need to do good works. We need to meet the needs of our community. We need to do that. But if we do it without the power, then all we're doing is feeding tummies and not saving souls. So the river comes to a church to attempt to bust it out from complacency and to offer the people once again the excitement of revival, that we are never comfortable, never safe, and certainly never nice, but always exciting. God wants to keep the church in a state of reformation so that worship is more than just a mere singing of songs, so that preaching is more than just touching a felt need so people... Feel happy and blessed. Now I'm glad when you feel happy and blessed after I've preached, but if you haven't experienced transformation at the word of God, then I've failed and you've failed. Because this isn't just a bless me club. We want worship that touches heaven. We want preaching that stirs and challenges the heart so that you are stirred to action and change and to launch into the adventure of faith. And so when we experience personal reformation and then we experience church reformation, then we can experience society reformation. See, the river went way beyond the borders of the temple into society, bringing transformation and healing. And as I close this morning, we must understand we ultimately must take the river within each of our lives and bring it to our friends, to our family, and to our contacts. The river is not just for you. It's not for someone else to do. It is for you to feel and carry a sense of personal calling and responsibility to take the river into the world. We are so good at splashing in the knee-high water. But God wants us to get into the deep waters where deep calls unto deep. Our personal challenge is that we would release the river of God wherever we go. As an illustration, when I'm out in the community, I'm often asking the Lord, who do I talk to today? Who do you want to impact today? I don't do that because I'm a pastor. And I think for too long we've held in our minds Such a denominational mindset. That's the preacher's job. That's the pastor's job. That's the minister's job. When you got saved, you became a minister. You got signed up for the ministry that day. You got the call. When you heard him call you, you got the call. And wherever you go, whatever you do, you're called to be the river of God and I'm telling you if you ever want to see revival it's going to happen when the church wakes up and starts reaching them I I personally believe I can't say that this is a a thus saith the Lord but I don't believe the church in America will see revival until we take the river outside the doors because revival is an empowerment for us to go But what we've made revival is an experience that we have inside the four walls. Revival begins and ends with God as an empowerment to his people so that others might come to know him and be revived. That's why we have revival. We don't have it just so we can say, oh, wasn't that great meetings? Oh, I shook, rattled, and rolled all over the place. I was so drunk in the Holy Ghost. What would you do with it? When you were in the world and you found a good bottle of bourbon, you shared it with people. When you found a good restaurant, you tell people, you got to come eat. we got to go to that place. you got to order this. If only we could do that in the church. I've eaten at the table of the Lord. Let me share with you what I've eaten. Let me share with you what I've experienced. For me, It's about seeking to be a witness and bringing the grace of God into my environment. Wherever I am, whether it's Kroger, H-E-B, Sam's Club. I make it a point every time I go into Sam's Club that I talk to one of the managers. Ask him how I can pray for him. How's it going? Since the pandemic, I mean, I, I feel bad for people who have to operate grocery stores. Always having shortages, people angry at him. Well, Why don't you have my toilet paper? I don't know. It's in a truck somewhere in San Diego. It's sitting on a dock. And so I make it a point that I want to release the grace of God wherever I go. You're a walking encounter. You carry the river. Don't hold on to it. Let the river out. That we might not just experience personal reformation. That we might not just experience church reformation but we might bring society reformation. Amen? Why don't you stand this morning? How many of you want to see God impact your families? Impact your friends, your workplace, your business contacts? I want to challenge you to start living with the reality that the river of God is on the inside of you. Some of you can't even picture what it would be like for your family to be saved. You need to start getting a vision. You need to start praying into that. You need to start loving them. Don't beat them up for not coming to church. Rather, take church to them. So they might actually want to be part of the church that you're part of. Some Christians are so sour, I wouldn't go to church with them. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you for your presence. And I pray this morning that we might come up a level, that we might recognize our call to release the river of God. I pray this morning, God that we might encounter you fresh again and be reminded of who we are in you and what we carry that the river of God would transform us transform our church transform our community God I pray for a fresh outpouring of your spirit this morning on every life And I pray right now that those who are far from you would come to know you. If you've never made a decision for Christ, if you've never chosen to follow Him this morning, and you know you need to, to surrender all. In just a second, we're going to pray a prayer together. It's not the prayer that saves you. Jesus saves you. But this is a great introduction to the King of Kings. I want you to pray with me. Jesus, I repent of my sin. Today, I choose to follow you. I choose to make you Lord. Take ownership of my life. I will follow you. In Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Or visit www.equippingchurch.us.